Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller, Editor-in-Chief of Tearsheet. The following was produced by Tearsheet Studios. We work together with Q2, a digital banking software company, to create a four-part podcast series on the interplay between banks and fintechs. Partnership with fintechs through banking as a service has given financial institutions an opportunity to capture new markets and revenue opportunities. The success of this partnership depends on each side bringing in what they're best at, and especially the banks being willing and able to do things differently in order to better serve and effectively grow their customer base. In this episode, I spoke with Paul Walker, who's been with Q2 for the past 15 years and currently serves as the GM of Q2's Banking as a Service division. Having been in the space for 20 years, um, a lot of my focus early on was around bank partnerships and credit union partnerships. And I've always been very much kind of what's next and being tech forward. And I think what I like most about this business model is it's not a competitive landscape the way I think folks felt about this five, six, seven years ago. I think that there is such a big win in this for financial institutions that want to participate. I think in this partnership model, both companies can win and win big. To succeed in the era of digital transformation, banks could use a little leverage. Enter banking as a service. One of the most important challenges it helps banks overcome is surpassing the weight of legacy technology. You know, in my opinion, I think that the key to successfully partnering with fintechs and brands to offer these type of services within their mobile apps or creating mobile apps is really, the, you have to think in terms of these fintechs and brands. They're typically very tech forward. And uh, often they want to move very fast. And to offer these type of banking products and services, um, they're going to want companies that can move at the same pace. That could be a real challenge for legacy processors that, again, are designed for full service banking. Traditional FIs were born and raised in the physical branch, but with Bass, they're able to grow their customer base nationwide, and that often means serving new markets that the bank has never served before. Typically in the past, I think financial institutions were so worried about not knowing those markets uh, intimately, and so I think they always had interest in expanding beyond their physical footprint but oftentimes didn't know how to do that through an exclusive digital strategy. Again, when you start to think of getting outside those physical bounds, um, it becomes a true digital-only strategy. And that's something that I don't think um, most financial institutions had a lot of comfort around. They, they always saw digital as a complementary strategy, not an exclusive strategy. The BAS service model is made of two key players, a financial institution and a fintech company. What exactly does each bring to the table? From a financial institution perspective, it really starts with oversight and compliance. Um, They are the regulatory interface, and they're on the hook if a card issue breaks the rules or, um, you know, not resolving disputes on time, money laundering, KYC. The great news is the bank already has a lot of the infrastructure in place Playing that role primarily is something that I think they're very comfortable with, and it's uh, it's really really where they excel. Um, 
when you kind of move over a little bit to the fintech and the brand side of things, you're really looking at them taking on the primary responsibility of user experience. And oftentimes, they have an existing mobile app, but they sometimes may be building an app from the ground up with these banking capabilities. I think beyond just the user experience, what really starts to land on the fintechs is all about the marketing and the promoting the customer acquisition. What they really do well is communicate with those end users. They understand things like social media and understand how digital marketing works. You know, beyond that, they have the responsibility to work closely with the bank to make sure that they are adhering to the standards, the processes, the policies of the bank. This partnership is no small feat. Banks are accustomed to interacting with their customers face-to-face and curating their customer experience. This change means banks are interacting with new customer segments indirectly and acting as a utility service provider to fintechs who take front stage. This is a business model that doesn't work unless you have your full board buy-in and your executive buy-in. I've seen banks fractured on this where certain executives are still, you know, 100% focused on full-service banking and the other execs are kind of dabbling in this, you know, this arena of banking as a service. You need complete alignment. And that doesn't mean you're departing from your full-service strategy, but you need to be fully bought into both business models if this is a business model you're going to truly entertain. The reason that's important is because without your board buy-in, without that executive buy-in, what you're unlikely to do is the second critical piece in my mind, which is really treating this as a clear separate line of business. Um, This is not an extension of the bank's full-service business model. This is a business that is focused exclusively on digital engagement. The business model is completely different. Um, The engagement model, this is not the end user in which you're performing direct interaction with. You're playing a role behind the scenes. You really have to have an operating model that is truly dedicated to a very different go-to-market strategy. Buy-in is necessary for change. And that begins with a willingness to innovate. Traditional FIs are built on the heavy legacy technology. And partnering with a fintech company often means letting go of how things are done in favor of new strategies. We've seen folks who want to leverage their existing core. I think that could be problematic around how workflows happen, how onboarding happens, how segmenting customer data um, makes sense in in a variety of areas. And so in, in our business model, we truly segregate this business line from the full service banking. Uh, Traditionally, we'll have our bank partners, they'll have a different routing and transit number and running a different tech stack and all the dependencies. And from a technical architecture, I think that is also the mindset that financial institutions need to really embrace. They've got so much historical baggage with what it takes to operate a separate modern core that they make this translation that it's just 2x the work. When you see some of the next generation technology out there, 
you realize how much more efficient it is to run this business model um, effectively and that it's designed for this business model exclusively. We've heard what it takes for an FI to succeed in partnering with a fintech. But what does an FI need to do before the partnership even begins? It really starts with a financial institution asking themselves, what are they trying to accomplish from an out-of-market strategy? We want to understand what's their goal. Do they want to own the customer experience? If so, they may actually be more interested in launching something like a direct bank. Or do they prefer to partner with a fintech or a brand and you know, allow them to drive the sales and marketing and overall customer experience? The good news is that the technology stack we have can actually accommodate both scenarios. But I do think it's extremely important that the financial institution really start to understand, you know, what that strategy is. It's an exciting time. I think we're, you know, really excited about the financial institutions that have started to really lift up their head, ask those questions. Given Q2's experience working with a variety of different financial players in the market, what kind of growth can FIs expect to experience through building a partnership with Q2? Our bank partners range from a little over a billion in assets up to five, six billion in assets. We now have two of our bank partners that are top 50 banks by total of accounts serviced in a very short window of time. Servicing that number of accounts is very important to these financial institutions. When I start to think about of how long it would take for them to reach some of these numbers in the old full service model, it's just, it's unachievable. Um, oftentimes, these banks have been around for 40, 50 years and maybe maxed out at a portfolio of 50,000, 80,000 total account holders. Now, after a couple of years of partnering with some of these fintechs and brands, they're now sitting on a couple million uh, consumer accounts. BAS providers deliver the APIs needed to facilitate the partnership between banks and fintechs. In a growing market of new options, what exactly differentiates Q2 from the competition? The things that really kind of separate us um, from others in the space is that we do have proven scale. We have successfully launched some of the largest brands in the market. And I think very few providers can really demonstrate that success. And we've been in this space really for you know over five years and uh, having worked very closely with some of those very first generation launches helped us to understand what areas we needed to focus our development and operations and mature this business to really scale at the level that some of these large companies um, have been able to. And some of our uh, clients that we've worked with over the last several years are clients like Acorns and Betterment from a fintech perspective. Um, from a financial institution perspective, we worked with uh, folks like Sally May Bank um, and have a lot of a track record and history with, with those organizations. So, these companies have helped us to, to scale. We're uh, definitely some of the earlier stage companies to go launch and, and really have strategic direction of where they want to go take the next chapter of this. What separates us within that pack is that we really are a core processor at the end of the day. Um, we often have competitors who may be actually a middleware sitting on a legacy core, which could be problematic in certain areas of this business. When you talk to fintechs and brands, 
one of the things that we hear often is that we want to offer true core banking products. That's not things like prepaid or stored value. What they're typically talking about is having true DDA offerings like paperless checking accounts or savings accounts, um, you know, debit card, et cetera. They want uh, true DDA accounts because in most cases, they're not just looking to kind of launch a card. They're looking to offer, you know, an extensive portfolio when it's all said and done. Both banks and fintechs are in it for the long run. Banks understand that digital banking products are now an integral part of the customer experience. And fintechs seek to offer new and exciting ways to achieve that experience. Right now, there's this perception that most of the fintechs and brands are are solely interested in just getting a a card out to market. And that is not the conversations we typically have. It's, hey, that's an important, you know, stage one rollout. But when we start to sit down with the executives of these fintechs and and large brands, what we start to see is a roadmap and a portfolio that they plan to offer. And for companies in this space that are singularly focused, I think it's going to be hard to be that strategic partner over time to actually accommodate these roadmaps. And that starts to become a broader opportunity with our bank partners is that we didn't just help them partner with a fintech or a brand to just go launch a product, one product, and it stops there. I think there's this ecosystem of, you know, expanding that portfolio, being that strategic provider from a tech perspective, from a bank perspective. To close off, I asked Walker a serious personal question. What excites you about working in this space? What gets you out of bed in the morning? To me, it's like marrying the the best of all these worlds together, which is really pushing the envelope from a tech perspective, the things that consumers have always wanted to see in financial services, and still seeing financial institutions play a critical role in achieving these goals. So that's what makes me most excited. Um, I, I feel like we really get to leverage you know, both sides of the coin in a way that um, this market, I don't think, has ever optimized. And so the last few years have been exciting and um, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's early innings, and uh, that's what, what, what gets me out of bed every day. That was Q2's Paul Walker on what it takes to create a successful partnership between fintechs and banks. It's part three of a four-part series Tearsheet Studios is running with Q2. Go to the Tearsheet website to listen and read the other parts of the series. <laughs>